Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. It's CJ. Everyone's having a fantastic day so far, and we are back for another edition of Hanging with Harley. Uh, very excited to be joined uh, with Harley. We cannot make it today. He's got he's got a commitment that he's attending, which is perfectly fine. But if you have not done so yet, please do us a favor. Jump over to the SchillerInstitute.com. Bookmark that site. Make sure you follow all the w- wonderful information. Uh, we're going to jump into a little bit of details regarding the conference that's this weekend that's just so important. And then also jump over to the LaRoucheOrganization.com as well. So, Harley, great day. How are you, sir? I'm fine, CJ. Good to be talking with you. Yeah, Harley. You know, it's been a very active week in terms of not only an increase in the the censorship, but an increase in terms of some of the aggressiveness uh, with Russia. And apparently, Harley, there's some pending on Monday, some scheduled event between uh, Biden and G that's supposed to happen uh, via via online. So it's just very interesting times, Harley. Well, it seems to me that things are moving so fast that, you know, it's Friday already. It seems like it was just Sunday from the, <laughs> it does. before the it beginning does. of the week. So I'm beginning to see my life moving very, very quickly. I, I assume... Everyone else is getting a sort of sense of that because, you know, in times like this, you wake up in the morning and you're not sure if it's the same world that was there when you went to sleep at night. And in fact, sometimes it's harder to go to sleep because of the the chaos going on. But look, let me start with one thing that just happened with us. We have this conference tomorrow, a Schiller Institute conference for two days, tomorrow and Sunday, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. And it will be available. You can get it uh, registered for it at the SchillerInstitute.com. But on Wednesday, we got a letter from YouTube saying that we they're uh, suspending our privilege to do live streaming. And the reason is they say that in a video conference from January 2021, we violated their community standards. And they said this included cyberbullying and hate speech. Wow. What we had in that conference was a discussion of why this is a period of time where you need love and empathy toward the world, not anger and hatred. It was the very opposite of what they were talking about. Now, of course, it was after January 6th, so we were also raising questions about the vote count, which may be why they, they did that. But why wait 10 months and then suspend it three days before a major international conference where we have commitments from two top people from from Russia, one of whom is the director of the foreign uh, policy think tank run by Sergei Lavrov, 
Uh, the other person is someone working directly under the Russian ambassador to the United States. They'll be speaking on the first panel on is there a pathway for better relations between the U.S., Russia, and China. We'll also have an official from China on that. And then we're going to have people from Afghanistan and Pakistan who will be joining the discussion. The afternoon panel on Saturday will include a major discussion on hyperinflation, the so-called Green New Deal, uh, what's the Great Reset, uh, and, you know, it's, it's interesting, CJ, I know you guys follow this very closely. The argument that we have hyperinflation because of Biden's budget, the inflationary pressure was there long before Biden came in. It had to do with the Federal Reserve and, and central banks around the world pumping huge volumes of liquidity into the banking system to keep it functioning, to keep it from going belly up. And the over-circulation or overproduction of money without having that money going into anything productive, that's what causes hyperinflation. Now, because of the hyperinflation and because of the hollowing out of the U.S. industrial economy, we don't have an economy so to, to, to speak of. And so it makes things worse and it ends up costing more for products. The reason we have energy price hikes is the same reason we've had them in 1973, 1978-79, because the production is not there because of the policy of governments. The fact that the part of the Green New Deal is a commitment from banks to cut off lending to energy producers for energy exploration and so on, means that the investors are sensing there'll be a shortage of energy in the future. So they're driving up the prices on the spot market. It has nothing to do with running out of oil, running out of gas, running out of coal, running out of these, these uh, products. It has to do with a decision to carry out a policy that forces people to, to undergo austerity. So this is, you know, we'll be straightening this out. I, I hope people will have some time to, to join us on Saturday afternoon. And then Sunday, we'll have a discussion in the morning on the science behind the fake climate change uh, policy. And we'll go through what happened at the FLOP26 conference, um, <laughs> why so many countries are opting out, or actually, countries are getting smart. They're, they're saying, oh, okay, we're in, we'll sign it. And then they go on with their own business. Now, they may be in for a surprise because what Mark Carney, the former governor of the Bank of England, Bloomberg and others have done is they've gotten a commitment from governments to enforce the agreements that are signed. Now, I'm not sure how you enforce Nigeria to give up coal when I think 80 percent of their electricity comes from coal burning. Uh, what are you going to do? Send in the military to stop them from burning coal? Uh, so there's an unreality about the utopianism of the climate change people. Uh, they, they hailed the Indian decision to be climate or carbon neutral by 2070. You know, what a joke. According to the people at Glasgow, we'll be dead in 10 years if that, that's the policy. So 2070, how is that such a great accomplishment? They hype up the idea of a U.S.-China agreement when what the Chinese said is, look, we're burning coal, but we're burning it in a clean way. And, you know, sure, we're in favor of a cleaner environment, but we're going to keep burning coal. 
Yes. So that puts them at odds with the, the climate uh, the hysteria. So yeah. that's what our conference will take up. Now, that's why YouTube decided to censor us, <laughs> because the, the main thing that the oligarchy is doing is trying to convince people that there's no option except to submit to giving up sovereignty, giving up personal freedom, giving up the prospect of a better future in order to save the environment. And the environment they're saving is the speculative frenzy of the major international financial institutions. 400 banks, insurance companies, and hedge funds are part of something called the Glasgow Financial Analysis for Net or um, Assets for Net Zero, GFANS. And they have a pledge to make sure no credit goes to any company that produces a carbon footprint, meaning they won't be lending to construction companies, to steel companies, to companies involved in infrastructure. How do you have an infrastructure plan in the United States without concrete and steel? Mm. so bamboo is what they're talking about bamboo bridges <laughs> but of course they're also talking about not having trucks anymore everything is to be moved to a local village type economy that's the klaus schwab ideal small is beautiful so we've got to bust up this whole narrative and that's what we'll be doing saturday and sunday and i i think you'll be helping us uh, on saturday i think you'll be doing some live streaming with us Absolutely. I'm, I'm very excited for the conference and we will be uh, simulcasting the, the live stream on our platform on on Rogue News. So you can you can tune in here. I'm going to try to do uh, both days, uh, just working some schedule things out. But, you know, one of the things I do want to let our listeners know that, you know, this is this is the way that we fight back. A lot of people are looking for tools for methods on you know, how do we how do we counter the narratives that are being played out by the globalists? Well, it's right here. This is this is an attempt to do that with the Schiller Institute. So so maybe your schedule doesn't afford you the opportunity to attend both days, maybe one day. But do us a favor. Take take the information. The link to the conference is posted directly into this video and share that. Share that within your network, where, whether whether you're on Telegram, whatever platforms that you're on, and share that and, and encourage others to do so. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed every day when we're, we're hear, see, hearing people and people are starting to really question the narratives and, and question, well, why is inflation so high? Why am I paying so much more at the pump? That's not what I'm hearing from the news. It's, the news is telling me that, that they can't control the pricing, that the inflation. So this is this conference so important because this is the process of disrupting the mainstream media, disrupting the globalist class, Harley, who want to continue just to force us down and control any and censor any type of counter narratives, Harley. Well, here's something interesting. While we're getting censored by YouTube in the United States, today I did an interview with Pakistan Television, and I'll be doing one with Iran Press TV later today, because these countries, which supposedly, especially in the case of Iran, which supposedly has no press freedom and is a top-down dictatorship, they want their people to hear what's going on in the West. And so they're giving us a platform so that we can get them to sign up to, to come on to our conference over the weekend. By the way, our conference is free. It's online and, and we'd encourage everyone to, to join us. But 
it's really kind of interesting that uh, also it'll be simulcast uh, with a translation for some people in Russia. So countries that are supposedly authoritarian with no freedom of speech, freedom of press, are giving the LaRouche organization and the Schiller Institute uh, an opening to present the truth, while in the United States, it's, they're trying to shut it down. Now, there's an interesting reason for this. In the Pakistan interview, the question is, how do you get stability in Afghanistan if you have uh, the Taliban and you can't really trust them? So it, it, what are the assurances if we help them with some income, uh, help them with humanitarian aid, that it won't go to terrorism? Well, there's no assurance, but there is an assurance that if they have a complete economic breakdown with between nine and, and 23 million people starving, they will become a center of terrorism again. They will become a drug producing center because that's their only way to make income. So there were some meetings over the last couple of days. There's one called the Extended Troika, uh, which is the US, China, Russia, and Pakistan. The U.S. did not show up at the last meeting of the extended troika, but we have a new uh, representative for Afghanistan, someone named Tom West. And he not only was at the meeting in, in uh, Islamabad in Pakistan, but he went from there to Russia to talk to the Russians about how we can do it. And what they're all saying is they want a stable Afghanistan, because if you have a stable Afghanistan, it won't be a center for terrorism. Can you trust the Taliban? Well, probably not. but the, what we're doing is we're saying to them, you behave yourself, we'll help you out, and we can, and it's your neighbors that will help other Islamic states, predominantly Islamic states like uh, Pakistan. So that's one thing that's going on. Now, the other thing I think is just really important is this whole line that Putin is using Belarus to destabilize Europe mm, by sending yeah. refugees through the Belarus-Poland border into Poland to spread out into the European Union. And the, the line is that it's Putin who's doing this. Now, Merkel spoke with Putin yesterday, and she said, you shouldn't do this. And Putin said, where do these refugees come from? They come from nations that have been subjected to sanctions where their people are hungry, where exactly. they have no jobs where there have been wars, where their, their water systems have been destroyed, their fuel production has been destroyed. Uh, if you want to stop the refugees, help us rebuild these countries. And then he brought up, she said, well, but, but uh, Lukashenko is an authoritarian and he's uh, trying to pay back Europe for uh, uh, turning against him. And Putin said, well, look, you want to talk to Lukashenko? Go ahead and restore relations with Belarus. It was the European Union that cut off the relations because you were carrying out a regime change. Lukashenko's happy to talk to you. And so he turned it around on them in a very, very interesting way. And, and I think the key to that is that Merkel at least had the willingness to talk to Putin. Now, at the same time, where was our wonderful Secretary of State, Tony Blinken? He was in Ukraine meeting with the Ukrainian foreign minister, signing a strategic partnership agreement. This happened on Wednesday that blames Russia for the conflict in eastern Ukraine, which is a complete fraud. Uh, it calls for substantive measures to deter Russian aggression against Ukraine. 
and they say Crimea must be returned to Ukraine. At the same time, they put out the story that there are 90,000 Russian troops massing on the Ukrainian border and that all of Eastern Europe fears an imminent Russian invasion. Well, haven't we seen this before? Isn't this what happened in June when the Russians did military maneuvers? And who was the aggressor in that case? The British with naval vessels threatening Russian uh, era territory, uh, naval areas off Crimea. And you know the U.S. Was, was threatening to send a flotilla into the Black Sea. And then the Russians said, look, if you do this, you'll be uh, crossing a red line. And Biden had the good sense to back down. So now you have the British who are saying, you shouldn't have backed down. We have to press this more aggressively. And so this is the line that's coming out. Uh, a Russian spokesman said, of course we have troops on the border. We're monitoring what you're doing because you've escalated <laughs> U.S. NATO activity in the Black Sea and in the near the Russian border. So these are the kinds of things that require adults sitting down for conversations, not pointing fingers, not making charges. You know, Biden, on the one hand, says he wants to talk to Putin. He wants to talk with uh, Xi Jinping. Well, hopefully he'll stay awake during the discussions. But the idea of that kind of consultation is absolutely crucial. Now, right. the, the idea that the British are somehow going to come in and save Poland, you know, because they're making up for what they didn't do in 1939 when they were supposed to save Poland from the Nazis. You know, this is a joke. The, the British troops are quite inferior. The only thing they, they have is a, a nuclear backup that Poland doesn't have. But they're playing nuclear chicken with the Polish population. Absolutely. And th this is insane. Yeah, Harley, it, it appears right away that the entire narrative that Russia was weaponizing energy, you know, that was the big push less than a month ago. And how quickly Russia was able to point out, well, wait a minute, we're not the ones that, that are imposing sanctions. We're, we're not the one that are blocking, you know, not, you know, gas lines into into Europe. That's that's, right. that's that's yeah. So it was very easy to debunk the myth of of Russia weaponizing energy. Now it's pivoted to they're weaponizing using migrants. Harley, just 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 amazing. I guess we're learning today that British troops now are being deployed to the Polish border as yeah. they quote unquote tensions are high with Russia. Harley, that's the no, narrative. You know, on this uh, weaponizing gas, Chatham House in a couple of days, the British intelligence think tank has a seminar, an online seminar, is Russia weaponizing gas? And it's listed as ongoing report on the Russian threat. As you pointed out, it was Ursula von der Leyen, who is the president of the European Commission, the, the EU governing body, which ordered the non-certification of the North Stream pipeline, which is where the gas was going to come from. Mm -hmm. Putin said, we'll give you all you want. And they said, well, you're not letting it go through Ukraine. And Putin said, we're letting it go through Ukraine. You could have more from through Belarus, Belarus if you want. So then there was a headline in Bloomberg two days ago. Dirty Russian gas holds Europe hostage as citizens shiver in the dark. Now, the, the gas is not dirty. They're saying the Russians are dirty because they're blackmailing Europe. The Russians have never reneged on a contract to provide the gas. So this is all wartime propaganda coming from especially the British. 
but going through the the networks in the of the unipolar crowd in the U.S. intelligence community, military industrial complex, who aren't happy unless they have a, a cause to have a buildup, and making Russia the enemy image and China the enemy image, that's their policy, and that's what's dangerous. So the fact that we'll have representatives of official institutions from Russia and China conducting discussion on Saturday and Sunday with Americans, with Frenchmen, with Italians, a former top UN official in the anti-drug program who claims that, I think, and it's proven, that in 1999-2000, he got an agreement from the Taliban to cut back opium production, and they did. And it didn't go up again until after the U.S. invaded in 2001. So that's Pino Arlaki, the former U.N. Uh, anti-drug commissioner. He'll be uh, participating in our conference. So, look, it's a chance for uh, your viewers to participate in the discussion and not just watch history, but be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And we will have a capability for people to, to send in questions uh, if someone has a particular question you think is important, you can send it to me at harleysch at gmail.com, and I'll forward it to the various moderators of the panels. Uh, and, you know, CJ, if you, if you have something to add on the economics panel, I'd be happy to give you an opportunity. Absolutely. Very excited for the conference, Harley. Want to want to thank you, uh, Helga, the entire team at the Schiller Institute for putting this together. Uh, so for our listeners, let, let's get behind this. Let's support it. Uh, and again, you know, hopefully you can attend and, 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 and watch and observe and participate. Uh, but if for some reason your schedule doesn't allow, then, then do us a favor and share the information. Uh, it's just such a critical time right now that we really try to counter the narrative that's being built uh, around the, uh, the constant chaos uh, that, it's, uh, we can, that continues to unfold. So, Harley, thank and you for a great discussion. CJ, it will be archived. So if people can't make it live, they'll be able to pick it up during the week. Excellent. Excellent. Harley, thank you so much and look forward to this weekend's Schiller Institute conference. Thank you, CJ. And regards to V. Absolutely. Take care, Harley. Okay.